This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Clean Cut Barbershop, located on 21 East Kelsey Avenue in Salt Lake City, Utah. To schedule an appointment, visit cleancutbarbershopslc.com. Walk-ins are also welcome. Mention Short Story Bingo and receive $5 off your first visit. Now, on to the show! Ooh, that's a bingo! That's so corny. <laughs> Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo! How fun! How fun, yes indeed. This is the livest episode yet of Short Story Bingo. Welcome to episode 45. I am your host, Nate Chacon III. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. What I do on this podcast is I uh, read stories you might not have maybe already heard or will ever hear. I'm a glorified narrator to those. So it's like audible, sort of. But today we have a special guest. Yeah, what, what, chicka butt, honey, voice of honey, R&B artist, inspirational advocate, boss. I said advocate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, honey's in the building. Uh, we are actually recording this extra, extra live, so you might hear some cars in the background and what have you. We are outside on the patio over at Scallywags down here in South Salt Lake City, Utah. Beep, if you're- beep, who got the keys to the Jeep? Um, Okay, so yeah, uh, just wanted to say thank you guys for the love that was shown on episode 44. Uh, I was told by uh, plenty of people that um, the sound effects and uh, just a lot of the voices that were used, uh, I should keep doing that. So I thought I was, but I mean, I wasn't doing it as prevalent, I suppose. So thanks for the love on that. And of course, the top three downloaded countries. Let's get into that really quick. Uh, We have the United States. Russia's out. The UK is in at second, and Canada is in at third. Yay! Yeah. Um, and then uh, for the state side, the top three downloaded states: uh, Utah, Virginia, and then California. So, um, at the end of this episode, we're gonna play a song. Uh, also by Honey, Honey. What's the song called? Streets keep talking. The streets keep talking. You know I keep singing. Nice. Hey. Hey, indeed. Um, and then you have a link for that as well, right? That I can probably put in the episode description? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay, perfect. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're going to be playing that song as well. And then, of course, the uh, random Twitter follower shout-out is going to go to uh, my girl, Honey. Honey, rip your uh, hey. Twitter real quick. My Twitter is uh, Voice of Honey. Make sure y'all follow it. I always post up what's real. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, follow uh, Honey at Voice of Honey on Twitter. And then, of course, all of those links and descriptions will be in the box uh, that you have there. Um, With that being said, uh, we're going to be reading strange out of strange happenings i went all the way back to i think it was like episode 28 when i read out of here um but it's was published by michael hervey uh there was only one publication in 1966 and i happened to get my uh hand on this book so it's a 52 year old book that we're reading out of um yeah man i'm pretty That's excited about old. it, it is way old jesus it's old i know and the reason why i was kind of sticking away from this book is because the stories are kind of short but based on the last 
first podcast that I did and I did two stories, I think it's going to work. So the three stories that we're reading are, was it murder by witchcraft? Hmm. I don't fucking know. But, uh, and then the second one is called the man who simply vanished. And the third is death to him who desecrates my tomb. And so, yeah, those are all out of the book, Strange Happenings. I'll have a link, obviously, again, in the description box. But uh, you said you were going to read the last story, right? Uh, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to read the last one. Way excited. I'm going to let you guys know way in advance that I'm probably going to screw up a lot of the words. But, hey, you're speaking the honey language. You're on honey time. So I'm sure you're going to be able to stick with it. Like, chapow. Bang. Uh, episode 45, man. We're about ready to start and get into the intro music. And you know what that means, man. Sit back, enjoy Bows. the wrong. Bows. Bows. Episode 45. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. That's you, isn't it? Uh huh. Were the deaths of Dr. Gilbert Bogle and Mrs. Margaret Chandler part of a black magic sacrificial ceremony similar to that practiced by witchcraft priests in ancient days? Hmm. Experts on the subject are convinced that this is uh, that this is so. They draw attention to the fact that after four weeks, the police were unable to establish the actual cause of death to the strange painting which was found near Dr. Bogle's body and the two funeral wreaths which were deposited at a later date on the spot where the bodies were found. Jesus, I was waiting for him to say, like, and fucking three partridges in a fucking pear tree. What the fuck? They couldn't find out anything. So, so again, experts on the subject are convinced that this is so. That, that they were murdered by, like, Satanists or witchcraft, whatever, right? That's what they're saying. A gruesome example of this kind of ritual murder horrified the... Uh, Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> a gruesome example of this kind of ritual murder horrified the inhabitants of a village in Warwickshire, England. Ooh, on February 14th, 1945, when the body of Charles Walton, a farm laborer, was found lying dead under a hedge. How the hell are they not going to know who is the killer? Or, like, how are you not going to kill this witch? Right. Well, wait, what? The witch? (laughs) Wait, what? Hold on. So, yeah, they didn't know. That's why. And And not only that, they did it on Valentine's Day. He was dead on Valentine's Day, February 14th in 1945. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my boy, <laughs> Charles Walton. Man, I miss Charles, you know what I'm saying? Fuck. He's such a good dude. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Charles, a farm laborer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, so his throat had been cut with his own knife, cut in a perfectly shaped sign of the cross. 
Uh, Jesus. I know, that was much. His throat had been cut with his own knife. I hate getting cut by my own knives. Especially Ugh. ones that I eat dinner with. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, dude, I actually have a fucking awesome set of dinner <laughs> knives that are super dope. I'd be way pissed. I'd be, and, I'd be so upset. But then, also, it was cut in a perfectly shaped sign of the cross. Who determined, like, how perfect that was? They're like, you know what? That's a fucking... That's a perfect sign of the cross. When they were investigating the body. Because he said that his throat had been cut. So who was investigating that? The cops. (laughs) The cops! Okay. All right, all right. Okay. So this is the story of how he died. Charles Welton, the homie. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Charles. First, okay, first, yo, I don't know if y'all heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first, he had been pinned to the ground with the two prongs of his pitchfork on either side of his throat. So a pitchfork on both sides here, you know what I'm saying? Like right here? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pitchfork. But doesn't a pitchfork have four porks? Like, you know? Yeah, I don't know if a pitchfork has four. I think it only has three. I think it was a prong. Let's see. Let's look up. Because pitchfork, you know? It's four, right? Yeah. So how could it be on two? I'm sure he was a skinny guy. He was a skinny guy. It sounds like it. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, it's cool. No, so you, so yeah, that's what it says. First, he had been pinned to the ground with the two prongs of his pitchfork. But that's a pitchfork. Look, that's a pitchfork. There's three. Oh. But there's four. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was. His head was in the middle. Maybe it's in that one. I mean, still, that's a pretty tight fit. Charles, Charles was a little dude. Any, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Charles. Uh, okay, so uh, it was wedged at an angle against a head, uh, the hedge. Let's see. To make it secure. Okay, so they didn't want him to move. Uh, then his throat had been cut and his body turned over so that his blood flowed to the ground. Jesus. That's what happens when uh, we butcher sheep. We cut their necks, and it bleeds into a bowl, and then we make some like blood sausage. Mm. Do you do you, do you like blood sausage? From a sheep, yeah. From a sheep, yeah. From a sheep. If it was from, I feel like there's blood sausages in Germany. I was just talking about this, and I don't know if they use sheep blood. I think they use cow's blood. Shout out to my natives. Shout out to my natives. All right. Uh, okay. So after they made sure he was secure, okay, then his throat had been cut and his body turned over so that his blood flowed to the ground. There was nothing to suggest a motive, and Scotland Yard was unable to solve the crime. So they were they just, amateurs. I mean, they just came up on the place. It was 1945. Give us a give them a break. Hey, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, contrary to popular, uh, blah, blah, blah. contrary to popular, blah, blah, blah. Bo- I know. Uh, contrary to popular belief, witchcraft <laughs> is not dead. It is still being practiced in many parts of the world. True. I know not you a- hear me on the radio. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
okay, so contrary to popular belief, witchcraft is not dead. It is still being practiced in many parts of the world. Not among savage and backward people, as one might expect, but in the heart of modern cities like London, Paris, Hanover, and in parts of America. Reservations. Witchcraft? Oh, yeah. What? You know what? It happens in the city. It happens. Witchcraft? In the well, o- there's different forms. Oh, yeah. There's different forms like, of witchcraft. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I certainly agree with that. Yeah. But it all boils down to being witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking hella scary. Uh, okay, so in other parts of America. Okay, so diabolical and obscene rites, which are too dreadful to relate, and being held at this very moment under the cover of darkness. Other dabblers in the black arts openly advertise the fact. According to W.A. Robbins, a retired senior inspector of schools in Devon, England, who has made a careful study of the subject for the past 30 years, There was at least one witch in those parts who made a practice of hanging a broom made out of twigs upside down in her window, thus making known her trade. She's Um, trying to keep the dirt out of her room. Is he... uh, Also, they said uh, to... What's... uh, (laughs) Rewind. Thus making known her trade. So what? Well, she was like a fucking... I don't know. Did she sweep a lot of people's houses? She was a maid of the witches. She was a she, but she was oh oh stuff's falling. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean she's lady hung a broom. Okay, um, W. A. Robbins also told reporters that he knew of two other witches, one near Okehampton and another in Brixham, England. Uh, he went on to state that black magic was absolutely rampant in some country villages, like you just said. Some country villages where inhabitants hung. Oh, shit. Are you ready for this? Okay. He went in on a state that black magic was absolutely rampant in some country villages where the inhabitants hung sheep's hearts in their chimneys, smoked them, and then stuck needles into them in the hope that the people they had cursed would die. Oh, oh, my Lord. They come, they come back to the sheep. The, but it's but they weren't you know using the blood for. They had the wrong intentions. Yeah, I that, think this one. I I would think that like that's where witchcraft originates is from the wrong intention. So with the wrong intention, you would have, boom. Yeah. There you go. Sheep starts to get smoked and then needles witchcraft. pushed in and like witchcraft hoe. Witchcraft. <laughs> All right. Quite often it is. Um, okay. Quite often it is unfrocked pe- priests. Hold on. Unfrocked. What the fuck? I've never heard that word before. Unfrocked. Want to take a guess what it means? Unfrocked. The definition of unfrocked is being incapable to frock people. Well, uh, it's an adjective, it's a verb. It's a verb. (laughs) Uh, So, deprive a person in holy orders of ecclesiastical status. What does ecclesiastical mean? Like people of the cloth. Like I'm feeling queasy and elastic at the same time. Ecclesiastical. 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 
Uh, so yeah, okay, so, alright, quite often it is unfrock priests who inaugurate these devil cults. Oh, so it's priests that have been, like, excommunicated, they're like, fuck that, we're gonna go to the devil now. He's got room and he's got open fucking <laughs> resumes coming in. Alright, so, uh, but in most cases, the worshippers of, of evil are educated, but depraved. People who seek new thrills and experiences. Needless to say, some of them are deranged, as was the case with Edward Crowley, better known as the King of Depravity, uh, Depravity, excuse me, or the wickedest man in the world. That's a pretty hard claim. I mean, there has been Genghis Khan, who's pretty fucking wicked. For this dude, Edward Crowley, for him to be dubbed that. I just want to know what he did. Like, there's rapists and there's people that are murderers. Murder. Uh, those so, people are wicked as fuck. Yeah, so Eliaster Crowley um, was born in Octo- uh, October 12th, 1875, and then died December 1st, 1947. Um, he was an English occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, uh, just are just some of the things of Edward Crowley. You know what though? Like back in that time, they thought that being a painter was a witch. No, they did yeah. not. Hocus pocus. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry about that. Whoops, we had a technical error. But we were talking about uh, we are back. fucking Crowley, and he was such a super queer, uh, weird guy because he had uh, he said okay so who formed a solemn pact with the devil to wipe Christianity off the face of the earth and build a temple dedicated to everything obscene and corrupt? Not all believers of black magic, however, are perverts or madmen. Mr. Cecil Williamson of Hearn Bay, England, for instance, is a sane, respectable businessman who is positively fascinated by witches and the like, so much so that he has given up business altogether and bought an old windmill on the island of Manwich. Just, <sighs> Manwich is the name of the island, by the way. Witch, like Manwich. Manwich. Why would oh. you even move there? Because he's a man witch. Holy shit, oh. that comes together. I mean, it's spelled like man witch, like the you know like the awesome sauce. Yeah, that like, goes. You know, like a sandwich. Uh, like man witch. Like man witch. <laughs> like man witch. Oh, sloppy joes. There we go. Boom. Yeah, sloppy joes. Exactly. Uh, okay, so yeah. Um, for mag- so he converted uh, on the island of Man, which he had converted into a permanent mecca for magicians, witch doctors, wizards, sorcerers, and the rest. Magic cir- circles have been installed, and the walls and floors painted with the approved cabalistic signs and drawings. Hot now pink, you were hot pink, hot pink walls. You were saying before that mm-hmm. got cut off about how crazy it is that people just believe someone, right? Well, he right. discovered what the book, or he made a book, or something right. of uh, Satanism or whatnot. Like he literally was like, probably. I'm not saying literally. He was probably like, oh, boom! I'm gonna make this square Jesus face with right. devil crunching on his turd hole, you know? And people would have been like, oh, he's all right. He is all right. So yeah, you're exactly right. Cecil Williamson was an influential English neo-pagan warlock. Again, and he was the founder of both the Witchcraft Research Center, which was a part of M16's war against Nazi Germany and the Museum of Witchcraft. So 
This guy's like just took it to the next level. He's like, we're for sure making the whole thing about witchcraft. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Honestly, for I, real though. Yeah, mm. like fucking people flock to that shit. Like, fuck some, it, I'm not even gonna believe it, but I'm gonna make a whole store of, in a museum and a school and make sure y'all motherfuckers buy. And they'll come. Dalla dalla biz, y'all. They'll come. Okay, so he claims that he personally knows hundreds of witches, some of whom are school teachers and civil servants. You mean to tell me the fucking dude at the DMV is a witch? Like, Man, this is like Illuminati. This is like a 1940 Illuminati. The like, be- real talk. Car salesman, media, president. School teachers. Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yeah, no, I think that definitely, uh, I don't know, I also think that maybe this guy was kind of off of his rocker, but also super smart for cl- starting, like, a whole movement. I mean, you get enough people behind you, and then people, like, you were just saying, money, like, the people will fucking flock to you and pay if you, th- if they think that you're, like, some sort of enlightened more than them or something, you know what I'm saying? It's the modern day Mormonism. Witchcraft? No, you should probably cut that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, okay, so he claims that he personally knows hundreds of witches, some of whom are school teachers and civil servants. To these and many others scattered all over the world, he has sent invitations to join him on the Isle of Man. He made birthday invitations. Come to my uh, conspiracy theorism, uh, Satanism, uh, uh, defeat the Christianity. Uh, party starts at 10, bearing your own Christian onion. Bring your bring your a, own Satanism. B Y O S. B Y O S. Bring your own Satanism, and also please seriously bring your own beer because uh, we are not able to suffice the uh, the uh, the crowd that's going to come. So we uh, bring well, your own blood. Bring B-Y-O-B. your own B Y O B. Bring your own Duh. blood. Damn, that was right off the dome. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, okay, so Mr. Williamson readily admits that black magic is dangerous and told reporters that he could vouch for the fact that a man he knew had killed another by sticking pins in his photograph and reciting a special curse. Maybe the guy was sick. So he wanted to kill him off? Or was it like a, a, like a euthanism and he wanted to put him to rest? Breathe it out. Maybe, maybe the guy was already sick and he didn't know, and so he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna put pins in these uh, this picture right here," and uh, the guy was like, "Oh no, I'm sick, dead, dead." And then the guy I mean, was like, "Oh, it was because of the pins, but it wasn't." But he was, it was just, "Oh, I see you what know, you're saying." I don't know. Coincidence. Coincidence. So he happened to die, but it was because he was sick, not because of the pins. All possibilities are possible. If you just believe on anything's possible. It's a new song I'm working on. Mr. Williamson. Oh, no, I already said that. Okay, on the other hand, there is the kind of magic uh, practiced by white witches. White magic. White magic, yeah, which can do a lot of good, he added. While waiting for the wizards and witches to convene, Mr. Williamson and his wife had toured Britain with a black magic exhibition which has attracted thousands of would-be dabblers in sorcery. So like a sideshow, which is attractive, like the fucking circus is attractive. Exactly. So it's a circus. Is that what we're saying? Pretty much. 
I mean, or it's like a science a conference show. Or like a, you know, when big businesses have those, oh, buy this water and make your people buy it. And then they have these huge conferences and, you know, things like that. It's right. like a modern day. Yeah. Yeah, exhibitions. Literally. Modern right. day. I mean, it literally says it in here that they had a black, mashing, uh, black magic exhibition. Okay, so <laughs> while waiting for the wizards and the witches to convene, Mr. Williamson and his wife had toured Britain with a black magic exhibition, which has attracted thousands of would-be dabblers in sorcery. Others who cannot get to see the exhibition are constantly writing to the Williamsons, asking them for love potions, lucky charms, and books on devil worship. Like, if Dude. you gotta have a love potion to fall in love, there is something wrong with you. I mean, figure it out. But there's some people that need, uh... No, not love part. Yeah, like love. I mean, you're a sociopath, right? If you don't have feelings like that. I've always found that weird. Like, I've never loved... Like, not even once, man? I don't know. I had a friend that told me today, she's like, yo, I'm 40 years old and I never had a relationship. I'm like, damn. <laughs> oh, shit. Somebody ain't doing it right, bitch. Uh, okay. Ask him yeah. for love potions, lucky charms, and books on devil worship. Look, the lucky charms part is just too much of a softball to fucking joke on it. So that shit's too sugary it. anyway, yeah, so pass. Leave it alone. And books on devil worship. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'd like one book on devil worship just to have it, but I also am still like kind of traumatized as a Catholic that I feel like I'd be letting the devil into my house. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to have nothing right. to do with nothing negative anywhere near me like you trying to talk negative boom i'm out peace gone you trying to bring in some like pizza with fish turds out not doing it can't do it no bro usually i do really though like you have never you ever have people (laughs) that are like oh you know this person hating on you like man bye 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 person bye face Bye. 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 I was trying to come <laughs> up with something. Uh, okay. Cases of witchcraft, uh, witchcraft crop up frequently, even in the United States. Oh, wow. In, day. in, in day. Arizona, not long ago, a farmer. Man, I'm sh- telling you, reservations, Arizona, hello. Is, is witchcraft cracking on the reservation? Man, it's cracking everywhere. It's everywhere. 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 I Somebody talking bad to you, that's witchcraft, yo. Is like, it? Yeah, negativity. You can't let that stuff in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like like I was saying earlier, you can't have no negativity around you because negativity brings upon negativity. People oh, yeah. can be witchcrafters without knowing they're witchcrafting. Ooh. Mm, yo, put that, that in your night bag, yo. Damn, I wanna, I wanna fucking make that the title of the joint. People yeah. can be doing witchcraft and what, what? People can be witchcrafters not knowing they're witchcrafting. <laughs> uh, we gotta put that on a t-shirt. Oh uh, no, that's Why? bringing the negativity. Why? Put, because you're talking about it. Ah, we're talking about it right now. A whole but, what? Thirty minutes of talking. Uh, mm, excuse me. We're bringing it upon. But we're trying to take it away by having great We're just thoughts. talking about it. Yeah. We're just talking. It's just a story. Yeah. In Arizona, not long ago, a farmer shot a witch, air quotes. Skinwalker. Because she put a curse on his wife, who immediately became blind. Fuck that hoe. He told the court that the moment the witch died, his wife was able to see again. 
Man. I got to have this book. I got to have... Um, I don't... I mean, is that... Okay. Oh, yeah. You oh, think, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, proceed. <laughs> Continue, sir. <laughs> In some parts of Paris... Witchcraft and black magic are practiced quite openly. Most of its devotees. What does that mean? Uh, devoted members. Devotees. Okay. Devoted. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Donut. Donut. Uh, most of its devotees are from high society, as is the case in Italy. That dude just reading that makes me think of The Purge. And like, did, have you seen the movie The Purge? I have. I like it. It's good. Uh, but just reading that, like, are in high society, it makes me think of The Purge, and then all those rich people are like, they're all in one neighborhood. Rich yeah, and, they're rich and yeah, and they but got the, the top notch security. Yeah, but they're like the sickest. They're like the ones that have like, you know, the sickest pleasures because I think it was in the third one or some shit like that that they put all those people in like in that obstacle course and we're just killing them off I don't know it just fucking messed me up right there I really like scary movies I do too um as is the case in Italy okay uh so they're part of high society as in as is the case in Italy all right blase and jaded they are uh prepared to go to any lakes in order to get a thrill diabolism diabolism then they got all these hip hop names hip hop names Blase, diabolical. Blase, yeah, blase. Um, okay, so diabolism is definitely on the increase in these countries, especially in Great Britain, where the clergy is doing everything in his power to combat this evil. Okay, churches have been desecrated and tombstones smashed. That's been going on forever. Well, witchcraft has been going on forever. Okay. I wonder yep. who started witchcraft. Was it like a, a white dude or a native dude or a black dude? Like I don't know. We I wonder look who originated, like what culture originated witchcraft because if it's a white thing y'all motherfuckers i swear to lord george baby jesus george christ y'all motherfuckers fuck some shit up if y'all motherfuckers made that which culture started braids just kidding witchcraft Witchcraft da, da, da. It broadly means the practice and belief of skill. Witchcraft is a broad term. European witchcraft. When did first. Uh, okay. The Salem witch trials occurred in colonial Massachusetts between 1692 and 1619. Nope. Those are just the witch trials. Search for when did witchcraft. Because Hocus Pocus is uh, white ladies. Alleg- I mean, I feel this is just saying like Salem, 1692. Um, but it has to be something else. It has to be way before that. Uh, I wonder how the first person that experienced being a witch or experienced getting witchcraft, I wonder how they, like, how they were like, oh, my God. Or, you know, like, was yeah. it a drug? Was it a was it a drink? Was it a, a spiritual experience in the woods? Did they take shrooms? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I wonder how that person at that time was like, boom, that's it, witchcraft. We just made that. We just made that. Right. That's a weird thing to think about, right? Because that's something that I kind of also put... Like, I put, like, the, you know, idea of religion in general kind of in that same thing where, like, one person or a group of people were like, hey, we just got back from this crazy weekend in the woods with all these shrooms, and now we think we know who God is or whatever, and we're going to tell all of you people about that. Yeah. And now 
we just started a different part of Christianity or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or like certain words in certain cultures or traditions right. mean witchcraft. Like, for instance, in the native Navajo culture, the word chini used to be like the devil, the, you know, ghost and stuff like that. So I don't know. It could have just been like, oh, this person said shithawk. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, that's witchcraft. So just think about it. The way you're talking could be witchcraft. That's what I'm saying earlier when I was saying when you're talking negative, that's witchcraft. Maybe the person was like talking negative or saying mean things to somebody and that shit never happened. You know right. what I mean? So maybe it started like that. And then soon got extra powerful where people are throwing up shit balls and getting like having exorcisms happen because they feel like they're getting possessed. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, but did that really happen? Like we see videos and whatnot, but is it real? Like, I know. Is it just a feeling in your body that you're just like freaking out? Do you know what I'm saying? You're just like, anxiety. I need to, or you, yeah, anxiety. There's, I mean, I feel kind of crazy sometimes. I feel like, like, and I just want to like, like, like yell sometimes just be like ah just to get something out of me is that like a demon coming out or some shit i mean honestly i'm not joking because i am on the same page as you when i see those videos and i'm like come on like i mean i don't know but there's people that speak in tongues like when they're possessed but is it a sacred language yeah that's what i'm saying they'll be speaking in like aramaic and shit i don't know it could we're just giving possibilities that's all we're doing just giving possibilities we could be wrong we could be right but it's just the way we're thinking right so we don't understand so we're just so witchcraft witchcraft isn't like an earth-based religion and was practiced in almost all the societies and cultures across the world which is what we were just talking about like witchcraft isn't pretty much like just I don't know. So witchcraft originated with the human civilization itself. So it's just been a thing the whole time. Witches uh, were the mediators between the human beings and the mysterious superpowers such as spirits and angels. So you like you you would go see a witch or whatever, you know, and you'd be like, yeah, well, they know what my. But would you ever consider that they're helping you think positive or negative about they're helping you believe in yourself? Right. Or they're helping you be shitty about yourself. Like, maybe people that are healers. Yeah, maybe the people that are healers are people that are helping you believe in your possibilities. I absolutely agree with that. It's just a thought. Well, I think that, I mean, uh, to some degree, we're all... I mean, people heal people. I, I believe that. And having conversation with people and have and like influencing them to believe in themselves has a, a lot larger of an effect than handing someone some like happy pills and just saying, hey, go be happy. You, you know talk to a flower nice and it grows beautifully. Right. You talk to a human nice and it grows beautifully. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we need reminders. That's where healers come in. Quote, unquote, healers come in. And we are all healers at different times. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's the point that I'm making, too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, young women have been kidnapped, doped, and ravaged in increasing numbers. Many people in Sydney are beginning to wonder whether the deaths of Dr. Bogle and Mrs. Chandler, who has started this story, will ever be solved, and whether it will be followed by a spat of black magic atrocities and ritual murders. I mean, 
this shit's just been going on forever so that was the first story was it murder by witchcraft um damn you had a lot to say on that one i appreciate that shit boss that's how we do yeah Man, you know we all every single time we get together we always got a good time going oh yeah every Definitely. single time and we end up talking for fucking ever just and like just, we just, just did. like right now yeah just like right now okay the second uh, story is called the man who simply vanished all right <coughs> uh okay oh here we go this amazing story opens in the year 1809 when yet another dictator was threatening the world the little corporal had yet to conquer austria where intrigue was the order of the day and many were the secret missions uh, and many were the secret missions undertaken by England's diplomats. One of these worthy gentlemen by the name of Benjamin Bathurst incurred the wrath of Bonaparte. Oh, Napoleon. Oh, shit. I like that kind of ice cream. Napoleon ice cream? Oh, yeah. I like the pink part. Yeah, the pink part's good. It's a, it's a pretty good ice cream that came together. They're like, you know what? Let's just smash all three of these together perfectly, and so that they're if someone just wants to eat the chocolate part, they can just have the chocolate part. And everybody else can have the other parts. Right. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. It reminds me of like that Christmas popcorn. Because oh, you yeah. have it divided, Caramel, you can get the regular cheese and white cheddar or something. Or just regular. I think it's just butter. But yeah, that reminds me of that. So Napoleon ice cream is the Christmas popcorn of ice creams. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, so uh, one of these worthy gentlemen by the name of Benjamin Bathurst incurred the wrath of Bonaparte, Napoleon Bonaparte. It seems because of his repeated attempts to get Austria into the war. At least that is what rumor would have us believe. But rumor or no rumor, the fact remains that Benjamin Bathurst went about in fear of his life. Well, who is this guy? Benjamin Bathurst. Let's look this cat up. Benjamin Bathurst. There we go. Boom. He was a British... Oh, see? Okay, so this is why it's called the man who simply vanished. Because look, he was born March of 1784... And in 1809, there's a question mark because they don't know when he died. He just Dang, vanished. That would suck. That would fucking suck. He's probably still alive. Uh, Benjamin Bathurst was a British diplomatic envoy who disappeared in Germany during the Napoleonic Wars. He was the third. Okay, whatever. I don't give a shit who he was the son of. Okay, so that's a little bit about Benjamin Bathurst. If you just search his name. Um, there's some cool little videos of him. A couple little ones on YouTube and shit. Bathurst is spelled B-A-T-H-U-R-S-T. Okay. Uh, the fact remains that Benjamin Bathurst was went about in fear of his life. Austria was eventually dragged into the war and beaten. And Bathurst, who was attached to the embassy in Vienna, was compelled to make himself scarce. He had an uncomfortable feeling that the little corporal, Napoleon, would no longer welcome his presence in what was now nothing more or less than occupied territory. And he decided, wisely or otherwise, that now was the time for all good Englishmen to rally to the flag 
and accordingly, he decided to head for home. Hey, so everyone, come over here, rally around this flag. Yeah, even you, Randy. Fucking, you still owe me $10, but you can come rally around <laughs> this flag real quick. <laughs> and then he bounced. Okay, so Jim, you got it? Okay, I'm out of here. Y'all fight. Y'all motherfuckers fight. I'm going to go home. I'm I got my go- way in at home. <laughs> I'm going to go home. Looks like you guys got it handled. Y'all got it covered. You guys got it. No worries. You don't need me. I'm going to head home. Y'all got it covered. Call me when it's over. (laughs) After a fair amount of deliberation, he made the decision that uh, that it would perhaps be safer for everyone concerned if he traveled back to England via northern Germany. Y'all fight here. It's safer if I just go home. Yeah, it's better if I go back. There's some people that are going to miss me. You know what I'm saying? Also, I think I left my oven on, and it's only fire burning, so my house might be burned down by Peace. Uh, okay, accompanying him were his secretary and valet. Oh, my God. Okay. His secretary? And valet. Uh, let me park your horse. Uh, you know what? Go and fight. You leave your horse here. Uh, come back, and it'll take about 10 minutes to get your horse ready. A valet. Like, who else is he waiting to park their horse? Right. He's got one. What does a valet in 1809 mean? A valet. Valet to the emperor. I don't know what the fuck that even means. His secretary was probably mad as fuck. It's probably, like, his secretary and his, like, personal assistant or some shit. Like, that's what I'm thinking of valet is. I don't know. The secretary's like, oh, let me take all the notes. Uh, fight here. Um, he's ready to leave, and uh, I'm ready to go, too. Actually, the valet probably ran the carriage or some shit. Like, he was the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah was, he was the driver. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That's probably what it was. Mind blown. Accompanying him were his secretary and valet. As an extra precaution, he assumed the name of Koch. For the occasion. <laughs> cock. Yeah, it's cock. It's K-O-C-H. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say Kosh. General Cock. General Cock reporting for duty. <laughs> and purchased an extra... Uh, he assumed the name of Koch for the occasion and purchased an extra brace of pistols. Bathurst, it will be seen, believed in making sure. Okay, so he's just like, let's pack some pistols in here. We're going to head back to northern England, or to England from northern Germany. I have my secretary and my driver here and all these pistols. And my last name is Koch. Koch. All right. right. My name is Benjamin Koch. Ben Koch. My friends call me Ben (laughs) Koch. We next hear of him arriving at Perleberg with his carriage and miniature entourage. What? Oh, the secretary and valet. That's his entourage. Oh, They're miniature. Okay. Ent- yeah. Got it. Because there's only two. Right. I mean, miniature, though. That seems like that's a term. They had to be midgets? Yeah. No. No, it just seems like mini, like mini entourage. I guess it's... Anyway, a short break. Uh, we next hear from arriving at Perleberg with his carriage and miniature uh, entourage. A short break for refreshments, and they're ready to move off again. 
Bathurst, fearing to stay in one place too long in case the long arm of vengeance caught up with him, Napoleon, he must have cast many a backward glance during the long, tiresome journey involving well over a thousand miles. Man, I wonder how much they're getting paid to follow each other. What do you mean? Like, oh, my job is to be Napoleon and follow Buckhurst, cock. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much are you getting paid right, to, to follow find them. this guy? But also, you're in a carriage, and you're traveling, like, thousands of miles in terrain where you would notice someone just behind you. Right? I'd you're be like, thirsty. I see their carriage. I see your carriage, man. I see it. I see you. I see it. I see hey, look, you. I'm right here, man. I'm right here. Because that's that's what this is saying, is that he, like, was mad anxious the whole time. Like, just kept looking back for all those miles. Duh. Like, hello. Of he was course. Worried that, he was worried that Napoleon had oh, shit. Dudes. Go behind some rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's going to fucking definitely. Okay. Um... Afraid he may have been, but that did not prevent him being faultlessly attired um, as befit his position. What the fuck? Hold on. But that did not prevent him being faultlessly attired. Oh, so faultlessly attired. So he looked still look good as befit his position. Sporting, amongst other things, a beautiful sable overcoat. So he was still dressed in fly the whole time. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Flashy as shit. Still being able to be seen. Right. Yeah. Also, yeah. Fucking put rags on, man. What are you talking about? That you're just like, oh, no, I'm just regular guy. That's not that overcoat at least costs. And a carriage. And a, and, a, and a secretary. With a valet. With someone With someone driving your shit. Uh, okay. He did not appear to relish the next stage of the journey and thought it fit to apply to the local commander, a Captain Klitzer, for a guard of some sort. <laughs> Captain Klitzer. Klitzer. C- Captain Klitzer. Hello, my name is Captain Klitzer. Hello, my... Uh, Just call me Klitter. Ca- ca- <laughs> Captain Klitzer reporting. I'm sorry, son. Did you say Klitzer? Yes, sir. Captain Klitzer. Captain Captain Cameron Klitzer. I want his name to be Cameron. What should his <laughs> Nate first name be? Captain Captain Adam Klitzer. BJ Klitzer. BJ <laughs> Captain BJ Klitzer. There's a lady in the back. She's like, ooh. Uh, ooh. Oh. Oh. Hey now. So he got uh, he got a guard though. And he got that from the local com- commander in the area that he was. Okay. Quote. Um, my life. Uh, my, here we go. Let's get this fucking. Put a little rewind. My life. Oh yeah. My life is threatened. He gave the other to understand. My life is threatened. You'll be doing me a great service by arrangement, arranging for some of your soldiers to accompany me to the coast. Or at least as far as Domitz. The captain thought this request exceedingly strange. What are you doing? I'm muting my voice so I don't hear the delay. Oh, you hear a delay? Okay, let's do this. Check, check, check. Beautiful. Uh, there we go. Okay. 
the captain thought this request exceedingly strange, but finally agreed to send two of his men along with a thoroughly frightened man. Bathurst, or Cock, however you want to call him. I'm sure he introduced himself as Cock. Cock. <clears throat> Bathurst thanked him, um, intimi intimating that he... Intimating? Yeah, I-N-T-I, yeah. In intimating that he would be ready to leave in an hour or so's time. He returned to the inn and busied himself writing numerous letters, burning some, concealing others. He wasted his time writing those letters. Come on now. Uh, the hour of his de uh, excuse me. The hour of his departure drew nigh, and the horses were harnessed to the carriage in readiness. The secretary and valet appeared and were greeted by the two guards. Bathurst came out next. He hesitated for a moment on the threshold of the inn, as if fearing to step out into the dark. Then, taking a deep breath. <sighs> He made for the carriage. For reasons... So he's, like, fucking super scared. He's, gonna he's get like, his knees are shaking, his potty's going. Yeah, he doesn't even think that he's going to make it. So for, reason best, uh, for reasons best known to himself, he chose to go around to the other side of the vehicle. To, th to do this, he had to cross the darkest part of the courtyard. Ooh. He At least he got a nice coat on. Hold on. You ready? He never reached the coach. It was as if the earth had suddenly swallowed him. He was never seen again. In, again. So he just disappeared in thin air. That's the name of the story. The man who simply vanished. So, let's run that back. Just so I get an idea of the... Okay. The hour of his departure drew nigh. So he's getting ready to leave. He's got his secretary, valet, two guards. Drew nigh, and the horses were harnessed to the carriage in readiness. So his carriage ready to rock and roll. The secretary and valet appeared and were greeted by the two guards. Uh, Bathhouse came out next. Uh. He hesitated for a moment on the threshold of the inn, as if fearing to step out into the dark. Then, taking a deep breath, he made for the carriage. Okay, so it's fucking dark. He was going to go to the carriage. For reasons best known to himself, he chose to go around to the other side of the vehicle. To do this, he had to cross the darkest part of the courtyard. So just in the courtyard, that little spot is when he went missing. Just walking to the carriage. I just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I just don't get it. It's not quite there. Yeah, I know. The alarm was raised, of course, and it was not long before the captain of the guards arrived to place everyone under close arrest. Everyone's fucking arrest. That's what you do when you're like at a... Everybody empty your pockets. Right. Oh, somebody stole my cell phone. Some, that's what I was just thinking right now, too. Uh, yeah, the guards arrived to place everyone under close arrest, including Bathurst's valet and secretary. Like Sherlock Holmes, he suspected anyone and everyone. A careful search was made of the grounds and the inn, but nothing came to light. Turn into a fucking game of Clue. Where were you at? I've never played Clue. No, you've never played Clue? Never played Clue. It's I have good, no idea. It's a fun game. The river and all the wells in the area were dragged. Practically every house and cellar in the village was searched. Gardens were dug up, and everybody who could talk was questioned. Swamps, canals, and ditches were explored, and even bloodhounds brought in. But it was all to no avail. 
Three weeks passed in which speculation ran rife as to how he had met his end. Certain so-called well-informed quarters claimed that he had committed suicide, having gone off to the banks of the river and shot himself. Jesus. With the result that his body had fallen in and floated off downstream somewhere. Okay. Others no, were... E no, no, you don't think so? No, Because you, you would see the body. You would eventually find the body. You right. know what I'm saying? Especially if people live by the village or wherever it's at, like... You would see the body. You would see, like, you would hear the gunshot or you would hear him. You something. know, you would see yeah. blood or something. He just, I think it's aliens. I think it's witchcraft. Okay. It might be. Others were equally convinced that Napoleon was responsible for the whole thing. Jesus, because he was only crossing to get to the carriage. It could not have been that serious. His spies must have spirited the poor fellow away to the fortress at Majburg, they sighed. It was obviously a case of revenge. There were many in England, in fact, who made no secret of their feelings that such was the case. In view of the evidence that eventually came to light, one is inclined to agree with them. Okay, so maybe maybe Napoleon Bonaparte might have had a hand in it. I don't know. I mean, that's what it's saying, that at least shit has come about since. I wonder how, like, how long of a distance was the shadow. Right. That's if what I'm getting fucked up with. If it was quick, like, how does it happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a tree-sized shadow, then it's like, how? Right. No, I get it. That's where I'm at, too. Okay, so Bathurst's coat and trousers were eventually recovered. Okay, so they found them. The latter being discovered in an open field by an old woman. What? Just an old woman by this fucking thing? She's like... Like, why was she even there? Right. Oh, I'm just cruising down the road. What? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. It's fucking random. It's just being discovered in an open field by an old woman. That's how scary movies start. Like, how what did the they fuck? not see him or hear him? Right. No, I totally get it. Yeah. Again, it goes back to like if he shot himself. I mean, I just don't think that that happened. So. And uh, why didn't they do like a? Didn't they? What did they see? Did they see like shotguns? Did they see that he cut himself? No, they just found his coat and his trousers. Aliens. Aliens, man, probing, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't need clothes. They don't need they'll clothes. They'll probe you without clothes. They'll, clo they'll probe they'll you with clothes. They'll leave your clothes. I've been probed with a clothe. I've never been clothed. Clothed. Club probed. I've never been clothed or probed? I've never been clothed or probed. Uh, okay, so they found it by, in an open field by an old woman. A scribbled note addressed to his wife, and also they found this. Also, a scribbled note addressed to his wife, saying that he feared he would never reach England alive was found in one of the pockets of he the He totally coat. committed suicide. But where did he go? To commit to the suicide? He was running naked, yo. Like, his clothes were there. Yeah. But he would have had to have his shirt there, too. He didn't just, like, roll out with just no shirt. This dude was, like, impeccably dressed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He had his coat, his yeah. nice coat. He had his nice coat. So he got, they got rid of the coat and they got rid of the trousers and then he just offed himself? I don't know. The valuable sable coat was discovered in a cellar belonging to a rather... So they were just in two different spots, although uh, also belonging to a rather uh, disreputable character living in the village. On being questioned as to how the coat came into his possession, he replied artlessly enough that he had found it. He was duly arrested only to be released at a later date, the authorities having somehow satisfied themselves as to his innocence. So he's like, I just fucking found it, man. I just found yeah, the coat. Like, bro, like, what am I supposed to do? Just not call you? Not, not pick up this awesome sable coat? I didn't know someone died. Bruh. Bruh. Or got probed. 
or got probed. I didn't know. And then they still took him into custody. They didn't even give a specific time frame as to how long he stayed. Probably did like a year or some shit. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Months dragged into years, and the case was gradually forgotten. It was not until the year 1852 that the skeleton of a man was discovered under the stone threshold of a house not far from the inn in question. The house had... Ha- at- um, the house had at one time, it seems, belonged to one of the stablemen employed at the inn at the time of the diplomat's disappearance. So he went and hid under the house and died or like starved or what? I don't know. Man. Like- I, it doesn't say that they found like any gunshots in his head either. Student, uh, students of criminology have since reconstructed the crime along with the, along the following lines. The stableman was obviously somewhere. Within the courtyard. Okay, that's one. Probably holding the horse's heads at the time of the murder. He must have waited until the diplomat stepped into the shadows and then struck him with the proverbial blunt instrument, thus crushing Bathurst's skull. That done, he dragged him off to his cottage and later buried the body under his threshold. That's a theory. What is not clear, however, is whether the man was acting under instructions or where they planned the whole thing, excuse me, the whole thing himself in the interest of personal gain. History may or may not help clear up this point at some future date. Meantime, we can only conjecture as to who really, who was really responsible for Benjamin Bathurst's extremely puzzling Benjamin Bathurst's cock. Benjamin Bathurst's cock. So that's the second one. The man who simply vanished about Benjamin Bathurst. That's crazy. Okay, let's see. Okay, we got one more. Death to him who desecrates my tomb. You want to read it? Shit. Right here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see. uh, Death to him who desecrates my tomb. Desecrates... (laughs) Before you enter the tomb, I think it's only fair to warn you that according to certain reliable authorities, you are courting bad luck by disturbing the tomb of a pharaoh. Ooh. Let me reread that. Before you (laughs) enter the tomb, I think it's only fair to warn you that according to certain reliable authorities, you are counting, courting bad luck by disturbing the tomb of the pharaoh, remarked the representative of the Egyptian government addressing Lord Carnarvon, who was in charge of the expedition. Hmm, okay. So he's telling him fucking... Don't mess with this tomb because there's some spells on it. Totally. She's like, ho, if you don't leave this alone, you're going to be done for. Like, done. The end. You're going to be done, ho. Done. Done. Back off, ho. I'm afraid I don't attach any importance to the superstition which claims that Egyptians were able to conjure up devils by means of dynamism. 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 And all that sorts of rot, the lordship reported laughingly. It's going to be hard to follow. It is going to. No, it's not. So this, guy, he, this guy, he doesn't. He just doesn't believe in fucking like super. He's like, I don't give a shit. I don't believe in that. So we're going to fuck up the tomb. 
We haven't dug and scraped for five years to be put off an alleged curse put in Howard Center, his partner in the venture. Lord Carnarvon, Carnarvon and the Carter had arrived in the village. Here, you read that shit. I can't. I just can't. I can't figure it out. Like, I can't think and, and process <laughs> at the same time. Oh, my Lord. Okay. okay. Rewind. Here we go. Start all over from the top. We're going to start from the top. No, from no. where we left off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we haven't done a script for five long years. Okay, I'm afraid. Okay. I'll start here. His lordship retorting laughingly. Uh, I'm afraid I don't attach any importance to the superstition which claims that the Egyptians were able to conjure up devils by means of dynamism and all that sort of rot. His lordship retorted laughingly. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't dug and scraped for five long years to be put off by an alleged curse, put in Howard Carter, his partner in the venture. They're like, fuck, we didn't come this far to just be like, yeah, okay, some curse that you guys are saying. Lord Carnarvon and Carter had arrived in the Valley of Kings in 1918. They hoped to unearth the fabulous lost tomb of the boy King Tuntankamen. King Tut, which the American archaeologists had missed in their thorough and intensive search before the war. It had been a heartbreaking, unfruitful, unfruitful quest. They shifted mountains of rubble and sand and being plagued all the while by the heat and flies. Most men would have given up in disgust as the months passed into years and their labors were unrewarded. But unlike the majority of rich dilettants, Lord Carnarvon had guts and stamina. He was a kind who simply did not know the meaning of the word defeat. This dude... He was it, a boss. Yeah, he was like hella conceited. Yeah, and he thought he was going to find it. He's like, these guys took forever and they didn't find it. We're going to find it the first fucking week. And so they continued to give back uh, battle to the desert. And on February 16th, 1923... So five years later... Their back-breaking efforts were at long last re rewarded. The tomb of Tutankhamun. Tut, I'm just going to say Tut, lay revealed before them. The tomb consisted of, uh, of an antechamber approached by two flights of steps. On the right of the antechamber was the door of the shrine, or inner chamber, which was guarded by two stone statues. According to legend, the first thing which met their eyes upon entering the sarcophagus was a vase upon which was inscribed the following curse. Ah, oh, fuck. Death shall come to him who touches the tomb of a pharaoh. Don't touch Don't it. Don't touch it. it. Don't touch it. Don't like, who, touch it. Who in the right mind would touch it after reading that? Come on. Come on. Honestly, I would not fucking touch it. I'd be like, I'm not touching this. Fuck it. The sign says don't touch it. Don't it touch it. It literally says don't touch it. Curse. Curse. <laughs> Curse. It's on. It says warning. Curse. Okay. Uh, death shall come to him who toucheth the tomb of a pharaoh. The contents of the tomb of the 15-year-old king soon made them forget all about silly curses and the like. 
their eyes feasted on the relics, which had not seen the light of day for 3,500 years. You know what? If they were walking for a minute and seen so many beautiful things and didn't know they were about to touch the Pharaoh shit, like, it makes sense. Right. I would touch it if it, you know. I mean, if you worked that hard. If I didn't know what it was, I would touch it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like kind of where their heads at with it. There was a magnificent painted wooden mannequin fashioned in the king's likeness, which had obviously been used as a sort of tailor's dummy. And other archaeological treasures uh, were made them catch their, uh, which made them catch their breath in wonderment and awe. So they're like looking at everything like, geez, this is amazing. Shit. Yeah, this shit is dope, B. Dope. <laughs> dope. Shit, my mom would love that. Yo. Uh, Lord Carnarvon, however, did not live, did not live to unearth the, in, uh, to unearth the inner shrine, which continued the gold coffin and the, which contained the gold coffin and the embalmed body of Tut, not forgetting a gold throne and other fabulous items like the gold head and shoulder mask of the dead king. Within a few weeks of entering the tomb, Lord Carnarvon contracted, oh shit. Okay, he extracted erysipelas, which in turn developed into septic pneumonia. Dan, that's like pneumonia in your butthole. So th- within a few weeks of touching it, he had developed that. Oh, my that. God, that curse, man. Like, we told him don't touch it. Stop it. You got to stop touching it. The Egyptian government officially opened the sarcophagus to the public in 1924. But prior to that date, the tomb was visited by two notables, Prince Ali Fami. Fami Bay and Mr. J. Gold, an American millionaire. The curse followed the prince to London, where his wife shot him. Damn, she must have just been crazy. Mr. Gold was a hard-headed realist, but that did not prevent him from catching a cold, which, was, which laid the way for pneumonia. Damn. He died within a few weeks of entering the tomb. Holy shit. Soon afterwards, the two, uh, two French, uh, not the two, these are two new guys. So soon afterwards, two French archaeologists, M. Benedict and M. Passanova, fell victim to the curse. Damn, everybody's getting cursed. They both suffered mysterious accidents, which proved to be fatal. So. Just mysterious accidents. Like, I don't know, man. He fucking choked on his toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he choked on his... I don't know. He was running, and then he died. I I can't even... I know. Like, just... But also, it's the fucking curse. Like, just get away from it. They, too, did not believe in such nonsense, in spite of the fact that Dr. Mardris, a colleague of theirs, had begged them not to go near the place. Dr. Mardris had made a study of uh, dynamism. And he was a firm. Uh, he he was of the firm opinion that the ancient Egyptians surrounded their sacred shrines with an invisible protective field charged with black magic and evil spells. Damn witchcraft. They had a sign though, like they had a sign. Instructions. Yo, man, you can look, but just like don't touch shit. Uh, communication is the key, and we communicated. We communicated. Yeah, just, no, just write a sign. They'll get it. They'll get it. Just, no, because we don't want to, like, be dicks, and, like, they just touch it, and then, I mean, we definitely want to warn them. And then the people, they're like, yeah, fuck that, we're still touching it. Okay. 
When Sir Percy, there's this bit, oh, there's going to be so many names in this that just people that die. When Sir Percy Lorraine was appointed High Com- uh, Commissioner, the authorities invited him to visit the tomb. Oh no! A member of his bodyguard was unwise enough to chip a piece off. What a fucking idiot! The sarcophagus oh for a memento. What a retard! <laughs> like even after reading the sign. Oh my god! I'm gonna just take a piece. You know, nothing will happen. No, yeah. he just took a piece. And he's like, oh. fuck that sign. Fuck like that everyone's sign. over there. He's just like chipping away. Just, oh yeah, I've got this shit. I'm gonna take a piece. I'm home. gonna take a piece. I'm gonna fuck all y'all. I'm That's taking kinda, a piece. Oh, I'm gonna be rich. This seems just kind of like a rock. I don't know if anybody's gonna believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like off the fucking anyway. Three days later, in mm. Alexandria. He was knocked down by a tram. Like a train thing. Like what was he doing on a tram track? I don't know. His left leg was suffered. Okay, hold on. He didn't die. His left leg was severed, and he suffered other serious injuries, which almost caused his death. But he managed to recover in some miraculous fashion after several weeks of the hospital treatment. Wow. So he, he made it. So take a piece and it's all right. You'll yeah. stay alive, but you'll be hurt. You'll be hurt. You have one leg. At least some limb is coming off. Something's happening. Here we go. The tomb was also visited by Sir Lee Stack in 1924. Shortly afterwards, he was assassinated in Cairo for no apparent reason. Damn. The newspaper of the day made much of the incident, declaring... Air quotes, Curse of the Pharaohs has claimed yet another victim. Damn. Don't go to the... Especially if it's in the newspaper, like, Curse of the Pharaohs, yo, like, Curse of the Pharaohs strikes again. Strikes again. Another victim. Doctor, okay, another guy. Dr. Jonathan Carver, a geologist and an original member of the expedition... Managed to ward off the curse until 1929. Damn. Okay, so he stayed around. And then Nemesis overtook him while he was motoring along a quiet country road when another car shot out of a side lane right across his path. Dead. There was a tremendous collision, collision, but the driver of the other vehicle escaped without a scratch. Murder. Dr. Carver, on the other hand, died instantly as a result of multiple internal injuries. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he got the curse, too. As can be expected, people began to avoid the tomb like the plague. Okay, finally. But to some who suffered from an inner compulsion which made them seek out death, it had a fatal attraction. Such was the case with Mrs. E. E. Waddington Greeley, a wealthy American woman. She committed suicide within a few days of setting foot inside the sarcophagus. So, so she don't just, even just don't even go. I know, but she says, but that's what that was just saying is that as can be expected, people began to avoid the tomb, but others who suffered from an inner compulsion, which made them seek out death, it had a fatal attraction. So people were like, what if it doesn't get me? Yeah. Or they're like, I just want to die. So if that's the way to go about it became like a fucking suicide ring. Evelyn White, uh, here's another lady. Evelyn White, a well-known Egyptologist, also proved susceptible to the legend. He became moody and withdrawn after a visit to the tomb. 
and suffered from nightmares in which ghastly figures crawled out of charnel houses and beckoned to him with bony fingers saying, come, we are waiting for you. Damn. He committed suicide soon afterwards. Holy shit. Lord Westerberry's son, Richard Bethel, was the next to succumb to the curse. Damn, everybody's just getting hurt, like... Dead. Dead. Except for one dude, well, the one dude that got his leg severed. Uh, okay, so Lord Westbury's son, Richard Bethel, was the next to succumb to the curse. He had acted as Carter's secretary. He died of a mysterious illness in November 1929. His Dead. father jumped out of a six-story building a few weeks later. Dead. It was argued that the evil spell could not apply where his lordship was concerned since he had never been inside the tomb. But it I was, wonder go ahead. what happened. But it was pointed out by those who believe in black magic that he had in his possession a number of relics from the sarcophagus. So he took mementos too, which were certainly imbued and impregnated with death-dealing properties. Man, like retarded. People are retarded. Like, come on. Stop going to the tomb. Stop going to the tomb. As of, uh, please tell me though too. Also, like I bet that sign was still at the top of it when those people yep. came. Yep. They're like, that's still not real. Okay, here we go. As a further proof that the curse could strike in unexpected places, a young boy was knocked down by Lord Westbury's hearse on the way to the cemetery. The child <laughs> died instantly. Oh my god. Uh, it's like a snowball effect. So somebody dies because of the curse or it takes a piece of somebody that has been <sighs> in the curse and anybody that comes in the way dies. Like Because dead. of said curse. My god. Okay. In 1934, you ready? Here, This still keeps going. A playwright in Detroit thought to write a play on the subject. Okay. Okay, just a play. Yeah. He felt that the curse had all the makings of a great tragedy along Greek lines. He never got beyond the first act. He was found slumped over his typewriter. Dang. He had seemingly died of a heart attack. Holy heart attack. Jesus. But everybody knew differently. Although the curse was supposed to have claimed 27 victims... It's a serial killer. 27. <laughs> 27. Including Arthur Weigel, Inspector General of Antiquities to the G Egyptian government. Like a guy. Like, th this is a guy that, yeah, it was a guy that uh, was super um, prevalent. Arthur Weigel, he was the Inspector General of Antiquities. Okay, so he was dead too. 27 victims. Uh, but he was able to ward <laughs> off the evil spirits until 1934 when a mysterious fever succeeded in carrying him off. The, the spell has seemingly worn a little thin with the passing of the years because up to the time of writing, there have not been any more deaths of ser or serious accidents. That's a good thing. Yeah. Although not a long... Uh oh, God damn it. Uh -oh. Rewind. Right. Although not long ago, a tax collector officially slipped and broke his leg oh outside the tomb. So did the tax collector, was he even a part of it? Like, what, did he go in this there? This is just or? later on. Yeah, this is just later on. People that have even just gone to see the tomb. Yeah, because they're, like, in the 60s, there weren't any um, other reports. Like, I bet there are reports of... Let's check here. King Tut Curse. The tomb was opened on November 20th. Okay, watch. Yeah, the tomb was opened on November 29th, 1922. This is the whole thing. Um... Damn, the dude died of a, from a mosquito bite. 
Damn, what's now virus, yo? That's probably what was it. That's probably what it was. Anyway, it's called the Curse of the Pharaohs. It's a real fucking thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the tax collector officially official slipped and broke his leg outside the tomb, but rumor has it that he was just pushed by an irate citizen. Hmm. But that is the Curse of the Pharaohs. But the name of the thing, uh, name of the story is Death to Him Who Desecrates Dang. the Tomb. So that tomb is hardcore, like for real, for real. Yeah, no, it's a really th- curse it's a, of the pharaohs. It's the thing. Just look up curse of the pharaohs. It's real. The curse Dang. of the pharaohs is an alleged curse believed by some to be cast upon any person who disturbs the mummy of an ancient Egyptian person, especially I like that. a pharaoh. I like that story. It was scary. It was scary. It's and it fucking people kept dying. It's people real. People are retarded. Like read the signs, you guys. If you're gonna be out in the wilderness and there's a sign that says caution, curse. If you touch or go in, like, don't do it, bro. I mean, probably don't touch it. You don't know what even saying? breathe it. Like, shut your nose hole. Roll shut out. Shut all your holes. Eyes, nose, ears, all of it. Mouth. If I saw that, I really would be like, I'm I'd for sure like, not no. doing it. Yeah, nope. I'm for sure not doing it. We're also, I'm leaving. We're, yeah, we're out. We're leaving. Like, I'm leaving. Now. Like, Bye. I'm not even being weird about it. Bye. I'm being so serious. Like, I would just be like, okay, we're, we're leaving. Yep. I'm leaving. Y'all can go in. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. Out. I am leaving. I'm going to stay alive. Right. That says you'll die. So, <laughs> I don't know if fucking... I like myself. Right. I'm going to stay alive today. I want to stay alive. Today is not the day. Today is not the day. Well, thank you so much, honey. Give her, let's, let's give her a round of applause hey, for oh, being the on the podcast, wild. episode 45. <laughs> Um, Strange Happenings, written uh, by Michael Hervey, put together. Super dope. Yeah, super, super dope. We dope. read three different stories out of there, just to recap. Um, death, to, uh, death to Whom Desecrates the Tomb, or Death to Him Who Desecrates My Tomb, The Man Who Simply Vanished, and we started with Was It Murder by Witchcraft. And I forgot that this book is actually, it's called uh, Strange Happenings, a new collection of startling and unusual true accounts of mystifying enigmas of six continents that have confounded experts and laymen alike. So it's real talk. Yeah. So that's why we were, we kept looking on Google cool. and finding all these guys. Yeah. So this like all it was real. Legit. Yeah. You all guys of it was real. check out that book. Make sure you guys read through it. Find something you like, and tell somebody about it. Hell yeah. They're so, real short stories too, so it's dope. Keeps yeah. your interest there. Yeah, so you don't have to, like, read a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you could do your own research. I feel like reading that just now, like, gave bullet points for us to look up to that we just oh, yeah. got, got a little bit smarter. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, honey, I just want to um, ask a couple questions. For sure. Uh, I know that right now um, you're when, – when, when was your last tour? Uh, the last show that I did was in Santa Fe. It was for uh, an all-age skateboarding club, which nice. is really nice. They got a skateboarding school there. So we do a lot of uh, all-age youth events and then a lot of events for the communities as well. So whenever you get a chance, make sure you check out my website. It's voiceofhoney.com. Let me repeat that, voiceofhoney.com. And when you get a chance, check out my Facebook, Voice of Honey, Instagram, Voice of Honey, Twitter, Voice of Honey, and YouTube is The Voice of Honey with no spaces. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. Make sure to go check her out. Obviously, her descriptions are going to be all within the link, or excuse me, her links are going to be within the description box. So. Yes. Um, what have you found, like, what's a song that you play still uh, that... Um, 
it's not like losing its flavor for you right now. Any song or like just my in song? general, like what's like your go-to song that you're like um, I just need to hear this. I really like that Queen Latifah, that Just Another Day Living in the Hood, okay. Just Another Day Around the Way. I really, really, really like that song. It's what, dope. What are you bumping right now? Um, that that's I like to go back. That I like to bump instrumentals. Like I don't listen to too much radio just because it's a lot of garbage. Sure. But if I were to listen to the radio, then it would be like oldies or something like that, which you know is like real, real music. That it's where everything is. What is playing now? It's where. It's based off of what I'm listening to now, which is the oldies. So right. I'm definitely done with instrumentals just because I'm making a new album and um, I got to stay on my game, you know, instrumentals. Yeah. Instrumentals. Okay. Uh, but I'm talking about, are there, are there new artists that you're like listening to at all? Like, or? Um, no. 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 Okay. No. Same Jill Scott, Alicia Keys, um, Erica Badu, Lauren Hill, like just the same, the same things. The same things. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I all those artists that you just met. Uh, Erica Badu just had an NPR Tiny Desk concert on YouTube. Really? Yeah. No, literally I didn't just see dropped it. yesterday. I didn't see it. Yeah. I'm I'll send you the link. Yeah, I'll send you the link. That'd be dope. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is super dope. Reading stories and shit because I don't do that out loud. I do that to myself. Player. Player, player, play a pan. popcorn player. What are I'm some not a player. <laughs> Fuck, I fucking love talking with you. All right. Um, no, what I was going to ask is like with the like the music that you're making and like the rounds that you're making as far as like your tours that you're doing, um, you're doing a lot of stuff out in, is it, would it be considered Southwest yep, New Mexico? New Mexico, Arizona. Yeah areas yes okay definitely um and on voice of honey there uh it's voiceofhoney.com voiceofhoney.com you can get merch there like your t-shirts and shit yeah there's t-shirts available everything that uh is available to the public like t-shirts hats bandanas i've got hoodies and whatnot everything is pressed up by me so there's lots of love lots of burn marks that are going into each of those hey (laughs) so yeah um check it out voiceofhoney.com way excited about it um hoping you guys can definitely enjoy some new music as well as some new material um local i'd say local because i'm at based out of salt lake city but i'm from arizona so that's why i stick to my people and stick to the southwest so that i can continue to inspire and make sure that everybody understands the importance of living a positive lifestyle boom hell yeah um i think that's like one of the big things even just as your friend and knowing you knowing you for as long as i have has been one of the um cooler things that i've seen you seen you like kind of evolve into as far as being an inspirational speaker and visiting these schools and talking to uh you know the youth to make sure that they have a feeling and they know that they should be believing in themselves and for sure. you know what i'm saying for and sure. as we were talking at the beginning just being a truth teller and um you know not being a a warlock or a witch for sure you got to be rich and real rich, rich and real. in your love Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What'd you think? Did you have fun? I had fun. Yes. Dope. I don't read stories with people often, and those ones were cool. I would have um, probably brought something else if it was me, um, just because I don't read books, so it would have been Dr. Seuss or something. (laughs) I don't know. You know? But that would have been cool. It would have been cool, too. I want to read, like, 10 Dr. Seuss joints. Poofaloofas. They're real. Talking that real. Yeah, I totally love green eggs and ham. Yeah, I totally love green pancakes. 
I do like cream. I mean, I like pancakes in general if they're green. I don't or like whatever. pancakes just no? because they're soggy, man. I like uh, you gotta have it crispy. Like if they were crispy or like crispy around the side, I'm down. But you don't like them it's, soft. I don't like soggy food. Yeah, I get that. So you're not like a fan of like, like mashed potatoes. I like mashed potatoes. Isn't that soggy a little bit? It's not the same. Got it. Okay, texture. All right. I get it. What song is what song are we playing at the end of this again? The streets keep talking. What's that song about? That is based off of my newer album that's coming out. It is just the streets keep talking. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we go through in life, trials and tribulations, and we must remember and remind ourselves on a regular that you know some of the stuff that we're going to is kind of minuscule because there's somebody out there, always somebody out there that's going to have something. A situation or whatnot that's going to be tougher than what you're going through so right. it's like there's somebody always going through a tougher time and you got to remember that like what we go through is just something like it like a moment in time where it's not it's not forever it's just temporary so the streets keep talking that's what i'm talking about um, i'm gonna keep singing you know what i mean like yeah streets keep talking awesome well we're gonna play that at the end here make sure to follow the podcast at short story bingo on instagram also search at um short story bingo on facebook to uh get onto the group page um as we you know post more different things on there um getting that all in order and in line for you guys so thanks again for listening share with your friends uh rate review subscribe this is episode 45 so there's 44 others before this that you can binge on yeah yeah like that Uh and uh in those stories the likes of uh al capone uh uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, classic works by Mark Twain, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, a plethora of different stories, some nicer stories uh, also. Um, but yeah, they're all in there, man. Short Story Bingo, episode 45, Nate Chacon the Third and Honey. Yeah, yeah. And we out. Boss. Peace. Dun dun dun. Spare fingers. Yes.
yet you know that you can have it harder. The streets keep talking, you know I keep saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. The streets keep talking, you know I keep saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. The streets keep talking, you know I keep saying it, saying it, saying it. The streets keep talking, you know I keep saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. The streets keep talking.